let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. Some of these short thoughts um, I've shared with the youngies recently, but it has continued to kick around in my head, so um, I'm going to um, do some of it again and with a few differences. So um, I want to talk today about attrition, and um, it's, it's not a commonly used word, um, but it's often used... Um, I think when we talked about it with the youngies, someone was talking about attrition in the workplace, like turnover of staff and that sort of stuff. It's also used in terms of um, war. You might have heard of a war of attrition, where both sides are locked in a type of war where both sides are taking heavy losses, but there's no other way around, that they're prepared to keep losing lives and, and, and we know there's been some terrible wars in our history where... Um, basically lives just keep getting thrown, these two sides just keep throwing lives at each other um, and in a hope that one side will give up first, that they won't be prepared to keep taking those sort of losses. So a war of attrition. The definition of attrition is the process of reducing something's strength or effectiveness through sustained attack or pressure. So the process of reducing something's strength or effectiveness through sustained attack or pressure. And I want to try and cover this from a couple of different angles today because um, I guess there's... I want to speak to people who um, who may not have um, been baptised and received the Holy Spirit yet and those of us who have. And, and in both of those scenarios, as we know, and you heard in Olivia's testimony today, that is the turning point that we have all discovered and all the people said... When you receive, when you get baptized and receive the Holy Spirit, there's your life before and there's your life after. And that, that is the turning point. So that I, I do want to cover this from a couple of different angles today because it relates to us differently if you're before that point in your life or if you're after that point in your life. Let's read from Matthew chapter 24. This is, uh, these are Jesus' words, but he's speaking about the distant future at this point. He says in verse 4, Jesus, oh, sorry. No, we'll go back to verse 3. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And it goes on to describe, Jesus goes on to describe the world that we live in today. Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse or different places and all these are the beginning of sorrows. I just want to go back a step because um, the very first thing that Jesus said is take heed that no man deceive you. So even though these things that he said are going to happen in the world seem really overt and obvious, like everyone can see those things happening and we see them in our news, he still says, take heed that no man deceive you. So there's a, there's a trick here. Um, when he says, for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, I wonder if, you know, when you think of our world today, and <laughs> I know they're not calling themselves Christ, but um, basically, I've written in my column here, it says that Christ is devalued by all of those claiming to be equal or better. That 
that Christ was the one who came with a clear message to save us all, and yet today we've got the internet full of, of influencers and, and people just making constant YouTube videos. And the deceit is that when it says that, that many shall come in my uh, name and, and say I'm Christ and shall deceive many, the deceit is all the people that are hanging off their words. All these people are following these, the things, whatever it is they're doing, that Christ has been devalued and his message is nowhere to be found, but ever there's people by the millions are liking and subscribing to all of these other things. To, to maybe these people saying, I'm the one to listen to. I'm the anointed one. I'm the appointed one. Which is what Christ means. Um, anyway, let's jump to, um, Oh, verse, verse 11, many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many, and because iniquity or lawlessness shall abound, lawlessness, the world today, no one wants to make a law except that there should be no law, that everyone should be able to, you be you, right? And, and, and that no one can tell you how to live. Because lawlessness shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. I'm not going to read all of it. But I guess, first off, speaking to people who, who haven't been baptized in the Spirit-filled, the greatest lie and this deceit that Jesus talked about here, he said, these things are going to come, make sure you're not tricked, because the greatest lie that you could ever fall for is that you're not currently engaged in a war for your soul. That is exactly where we all are, and and... The greatest trick that the world has is that you will be entertained as, as much as you want to be. There is more entertainment that you could ever consume in one human lifetime. There is more things to do, there's more things to see, there's more things to, um, I guess, get tied up with and, 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 and negative things as well, we know. But all of this is a distraction that there's actually a war for your soul going on. And, um, and the deceit is that there's no danger. Um, but when, as we have, you come into contact with the, with the creator of everything, it's actually a really humbling experience. And, and instead of us, uh, wanting to lawlessly value our own opinions and, 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 and me do me, we actually want to do it God's way, is what he says. He doesn't, he doesn't say that. He says, do it my way and, and, and you'll be saved. And he wants to do a work in us. He wants to, he wants to teach us about ourselves. He wants us to show us how, he wants to show us how to love your enemies. He wants us to bring the gospel to people. He wants us to share his light in a dark world and, um, and our own opinions diminish when, when we want to know what God thinks. Um, how much more of this do we do? Um, there's, a, there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, I guess just a little bit more about the world today that, um, the, I guess the, um, in the past maybe there was more God fearing and God consciousness in our society. Um, I, I mean, even in my lifetime I can see how that's changed. Um, that, um, and I know over the last hundred years it's happened on a, on a much bigger scale. But even just the, 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 the standards of, um, 
um, I guess, respect and obedience to parents and all those sorts of, all those structures in our society that have been broken down. Um, and now, and even that people would have a fear of God in the past, um, but now it's kind of um, God on people's terms. If you've heard people say, um, you know, you you believe what you believe, and I believe what I believe. It's it's kind of it's it's you're on your own terms. It's not it's not humbling yourself before the Creator who says this is the way. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's the I just the thinking of the Mandalorian there. I didn't mean to <laughs> say that that way. This is God's way. It's not that. Um, so. Um, yeah, so we're at, we're at a point now where um, evolution is taught as fact um, that that gender identity um, spectrum is taught as fact when when God actually said, "No, I made man and I made woman, and I saw that it was good, and this and that that was His plan." But these things now it's taught as fact that there's this whole grey area, and like I said. The valuing of your your own opinion that's probably a more um, um, a tricky one because that's maybe that's appealing in some ways that it's nice to think that your opinion would be valued but like I said God actually wants us to follow him on his terms because he's got answers that go far beyond anything that we can understand um, in verse 21 um, of Matthew 24 it says, for then shall uh, be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So it's saying that this, this time that we find ourselves in, that Jesus spoke about 2,000 years ago, is going to escalate to a point where unless he returns and and even says here that he would bring that time back that that none should be saved and i don't know whether that's um talking about nuclear war because we know that that's prophesied in the bible as well that that through our own stupidity we would wipe ourselves out or whether it's saying that through this attrition that this process of reducing something strength or effectiveness through sustained attack or pressure that the sustained attack and pressure of the world on us, that eventually we would all, we, I mean, we know that people lose their way. And, and, and I talked before about there's this line. So, so there's the, maybe the, um, the attrition that you experienced before you found the Lord is that this pressure of the world is just trying to distract you from the fact that, that God even is there and wants to do anything with you. Once we get past that point, the attrition is trying to pull us back back over here that we would let go of what we've found and and not value it the way that that we did in the beginning so um let's go to first john chapter two no actually no we're going to go to galatians six first there's this principle in um, forensic science um that um, is called locard's principle of exchange and it kind of um it's from about a hundred years ago a french guy called locard um, but um, it's basically the, the principle is that when you um, go somewhere that you leave traces of yourself behind 
and you take traces of the places that you've been away with you. You know, like all of those um, crime shows from the 90s, all of the versions of Law and Order and CSI and NCIS, that's all based on forensic science and trying to find traces that criminals left behind when they were committing a crime. So this Locard's principle of exchange means that when we, yeah, and, and, it, and it depends on time as well. So the longer time you spend in any given place, the more of yourself that you leave there and the more of that place that you take with you. And if you've ever sort of seen like light streaming through a window and it's at the right angle and you can see all like the particles and things floating in the air, it's a lot of it is like skin cells. <laughs> uh, I know, I'm trying to forget the number. I did read the number and I'm trying to forget it because it's really gross. <laughs> but we shed skin cells at like a, a rapid rate. And so there's, that is the DNA that we leave behind. And of course, you can do it in other ways as well. But, um, and then obviously you would take soil or dirt or, you know, and, um, I, I saw this, this video of showing like ballistics residue from guns and they can sort of look at it with, um, a laser sheet where they, um, put a laser through a cylinder and it basically makes this wall of laser light. And then they would shoot the guns and you just see the ballistic residue like it just pours off it. Like it's it's hard to do it justice without showing it to you. But um and they showed like in this laser sheet, just taking the just taking the lid off a container and all the particles that just start spraying out. Um, even though without the laser sheet there you just pop the lid off something and not even know. So anyway. That principle um I want to apply spiritually. So when we um when we go somewhere that um and how long we spend doing things, we take some of that with us. And um I guess uh, let's read in Galatians six uh, uh an explanation of this as well. Um it says in verse seven Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. And he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So it's basically saying that the the things that we plant, the things that we, uh, is, is what we expect to reap. And, and, and we know that in, um, in Matthew we can read in a couple of places where it talks about, um, if you've got thorns, they don't bear grapes. And if you've got thistles, they don't bear figs. So that, and, and that's, and that's what, um, is being said here as well. That it's not, you know, there's no, you can't break those laws. They're just, they're just fundamental. And, and if we, um, and if we spend too much time doing the wrong things, then the, then the pressure of those things and the transfer of those things, I guess, this low cards principle exchange thing that we take that away with us. So if we, if we work too much, then that, that becomes where all of our thinking and acting, um, in our life is. If we, if we play sport too much, if we go to the gym too much, if we spend too much time on our phone, you can make a long list. I'm not targeting any one thing, but all of the things that we can do and, and this, this forensic principle is that the longer time you spend there, the more of that that is, that leaves its mark on you and that becomes, um, where our thoughts and our heart is. And we know there's other verses about that as well. But, um, 
I guess, um, let's go to Romans chapter 12, because there's another part of, the other half of that principle is worth talking about as well. Romans 12 and verse 21, it says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So it's a very simple verse, but we have to be in those places that leave their mark on us um, as just as a part of our natural life. But if we are if we are careful that we don't value them too highly or spend too much time there, then the reverse can actually happen where we bring the Holy Spirit into those situations and that those that those things that that um <laughs> I don't want to say skin cells, but that that the that the Holy Spirit would go with us and whether whether we plan to or not, people see the Holy Spirit in us. Whether we whether we are trying to have open conversations about it, also whether we're trying to have open conversations about it, or we think we're just going about our business, people see the Holy Spirit in us, and 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 so that that we're careful about how we spend our time, yes, but also prepared to act on the opportunities that it brings when we bring the Holy Spirit into those situations. Let's go to. First John chapter two. So just going back to attrition for a second. If you know the story of the um, uh, of the devil in the Bible, because he does he does exist, and uh, and and the only power that he has is the is the power to deceive. And 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 God talks about how he has power over the devil, and he talks about his plan for what's going to happen to him at the end of the world. And the Bible talks about how he knows that he's lost, that God's told him his days are numbered, and all he wants to do, if you're on this side of the line, is to keep you convinced that God doesn't exist, that you don't have to do anything, that you're not in a war for your soul. You just go on living your life, and that's all there is. There's nothing else to think about. That's his deceit for that side. For this side, uh, we can start to think, I guess, that yeah, sorry. So he, the devil knows his days are numbered, and all he wants to do is take down as many people as he can. And and so if you're on this side of 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 the line, then we can think of the devil's work as, the, I guess, the temptation of this world, and um and all the things that appeal to us that would stop us from pleasing God or or impact our ability to walk in the Lord. But it's it's not just that stuff. Um, there's a whole lot of basic stuff to contend with just because we're human. And, and there's, a, there's dangers in there in our ability to walk in the spirit. And even in the fellowship where there's so much good stuff, um, we still have to overcome our own natural nature. Um, when, you know, when you, when you get corrected or when someone treats you badly or a relationship breaks down or you get falsely accused or, or whatever, criticized, neglected when you're in need. All of these things can happen just because it's life. And But we know what we need to do is to endure to the end because that is all, that is all in the devil's toolbox of this attrition, this constant pressure, and we know that people, having discovered the amazing thing that we've discovered, let it go and go back over here. Because something became too much, something became too hard, and 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 they let it go. So if we're going to endure, 
then we then we have to understand that those things that we contend with are just our human nature and and there's actually answers to all of that if we would if we would look at things spiritually i just want to read out of another version in first john chapter 2 i've written unto you who are god's children because you know the father i've written unto you who are mature in the faith because you know christ who existed from the beginning I've written unto you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts and you have won your battle with the evil one. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you for when you love the world you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, a pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. I just really like how clear that is. Yeah, that, uh, I guess uh, I had another uh, a quote from a book that some of you might recognize. It says, Dark times lie ahead of us, and there will be a time when we must choose between what is easy and what is right. And the easy way is to do what everyone else is doing, to and and to be distracted by that but we know that that the lord has placed power in us and and called us to a really exciting calling that transcends anything that this world could offer um let's go to um first oh no we're already in first john so i want to read from chapter one just a simple verse here it says that which was from the beginning which we have which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life i guess the answer to all of those challenges that i listed that that come up against us in the natural sense the it's tough to endure it in your in your natural state um and we know that you know that all, all sorts of relationships break down in the world when, when people are just trying to work it out and contend with all of these different things. And we still deal with those things, but now we have this treasure in our earthen vessel as, as the Lord describes, as the Bible describes, and um, we have a different way of handling things. That, um, um, that the Holy Spirit allows us to be, to be bigger and better than, than these things. Because we, we a hundred percent need each other. And, um, and in, in so many ways that, that we might even necessarily imagine. And just having, just having natural connections with people like who share our own natural interests won't cut it. Because we need to be part of this spiritual body. Because the amount, the amount of people that I have seen in my life who once valued this and knew the power of this, but then got distracted or upset or or whatever and walked away and all they had built was was a handful of friends that shared natural interests. Yes, they're in this fellowship, but they didn't value the spiritual things together and and beyond beyond that group that we would all tie ourselves together beyond just just a, a smaller group. And I guess that's what I'm talking about in this war of attrition, that, that the, that the things will keep coming 
And, and maybe that thing that Jesus, that Jesus said when he talked about the end days, that unless he shortened the days, that eventually we'd all get tripped up by something, because we know we get tripped up by things, and that this, that our strength and effectiveness would get reduced through this sustained attack. So we need to have this answer here, and I'll, I'll read it again in, in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1, that that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, the testimonies that we have with each other. We share them. We share them at meetings. We share them outside of meetings. We tell each other what the Lord has done for us and what he's doing in us each week. The things that we have looked upon and our, our hands have handled the words of life. That the answers to all of these challenges come from handling the words of life. And, and that can come by reading it by ourselves. It can come by fellowship. It can come by seeking good spiritual advice or just just really listening to a talk, you know, and just taking it in and committing to apply it. This is handling the words of life. And um, it just it, it will give you answers that cannot be found anywhere else. And let's go to Hebrews chapter ten. We'll read in verse twenty three. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And we can see that day approaching. It it is as we as we've read about, we've talked about, we've heard it in the gifts today, that the end is approaching and that there is that we have to endure. That um we know the promises that have been made to us. We know that the world will continue to try to deceive those who don't know the truth and those who do know the truth. But we know that God promises eternal life. He promises a life beyond this one and, and that what's at stake is, is more than we can even comprehend. We know that he will will bless us and heal us and direct us and guide us in this life. But what comes next, we can't even imagine. And so, as it says here, that we've got to hold on to this, what we've been given, that um, that we take up the challenge to to consider each other when many people in the world consider mostly themselves. That this is a challenge, that we would consider one another, that we would provoke each other with, with all of the good things that the Lord has done for us, that we would provoke the people that we find, um, that we work with, that we go to school with, whatever, that, and, and however we do that, if we just invite them to something, like we had a, had a, had a new guy come along to play volleyball with us last night, uh, with the youngies at Brighton, and, and often it just takes just a simple invite and someone comes there and they've got an opportunity to hear what the Lord has done for us. That what you guys are doing here, that, uh, that there is an opportunity and there's been new people coming in every week and hearing what the Lord has done for us and understanding what he can do for them and all the people said. Amen. Amen.